And welcome back, guys, to another great, should be, what should be a great episode of the Geeks and Turns. Uh, it's me, your boy Eli, and I'm back with good old Joe. Hey, how's it yeah. going? Yeah, so this is going to be a real quick one. It's not going to be really, you know, thought-provoking. It's not going to be really deep. It's going to be more of us talking about the MCU again. Yes, we know we just finished up uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and we do miss that show already. Um, but we are going to be talking about some of the differences that have been made in the comics along with for the mcu so anything that you see in the mcu it's not like in the comics yes we all yeah we know it did change stuff do you want to go over some of those changes and probably um maybe why or like yeah we can kind of see why you change that and i think one of the best places to start with that is obviously the man himself the man who started this uh you know this this multi now i say multiverse uh this multi-million dollar company uh business thing that well the, the guy who basically started the, the the whole the whole avengers thing iron man tony stark himself so uh joey what do you know about tony stark that isn't from the movies that isn't from the movies uh well i do know that like I think one of the biggest things that's I think that wasn't that I knew about uh, Iron Man from the movie is not from the movies was that there was the whole demon in the bottle story arc, right? Yeah. Where he was a sort of a chronic alcoholic for a certain point of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's I think one of the bigger things I I I, I, I yeah. knew, like before going into the movies and stuff. Yeah. And they kind of did that with the uh, Iron Man too. Yeah, but obviously it's very like. It's kind of watered down. Watered down. Uh, instead of it, him being just chronically drunk, it's just like the the weird, uh, like the arc reactor mm-hmm. materials are just messing with him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I yeah, I I think I can kind of get why they didn't go full out because I think in the comics it gets real dark with it, right? Oh yeah. Yes. I, I have not touched Demon in a Bottle, and I remember reading it a little bit, and then kind of just stopped because uh, other stuff happened. But from what I remember, it was like, yeah, it looked like it was going there. Okay. So, I, I guess it, it, they were just like, okay, this mm-hmm. is a little bit too, like, you know, mm-hmm. for our superhero movie. We, we, we just, like, so they just, they just sort of, I guess, mm-hmm. took some of the, the basic elements of it and yeah. just sort of... Uh, made it fit into that sort of the world of the mcu right mm-hmm. um i i don't know anything else i could think about see, see but that's what uh that's what i want thank you joey because um you you have you have not, you don't have that big of knowledge of the comics well depending on some characters yeah depending on some characters. yeah but you know enough to know okay why the changes are done why you understand the changes are done and you know why that makes sense uh for this universe Right. So that's why I brought one of the reasons why I brought you in uh, for this. Uh, so we will be going over to start. One thing that uh, another thing that they did that was also a big change was his secret identity. I'm not saying Tony Stark was never Iron Man. He was always Iron Man. Sometimes Rhoda would take over for him when they were when uh, certain sentences required him. But the big reason why is that people didn't know he was Iron Man. Mm. So it was still a secret identity, right? And they played a little bit like that in the first movie. Remember, we're like, "Oh yes, Iron Man is my security guard and stuff like that." And that's what happens in the comics. You know, he's made to think that Iron, people are made to think that Iron Man is his security guard. You know, like his his big wheel. Like he's working under Stark Industries, right? And so, obviously, in the movies, he's like. No, I am Iron Man. Yeah, by the like, cause he's sort of given the official story to read out. It's like, uh, you know, like you know, Iron Man's, you know, my body or whatever. But mm-hmm. then he just sort of goes, Nah, fuck it, I am Iron Man, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, which I mean, Q Black Sabbath is Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is cool. I mean, I didn't like. I kind of. I guess it's that is interesting, mm-hmm. right? Like they just like they just sort of kind of ditch the whole secret identity thing, which. Uh, I don't know. It it fits with his with this character, a little bit, right? Because he just sort of like likes to just do his own flow. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, like it, it 
it kind of permeates to like a lot of the other characters mm-hmm. in the MCU, right? Because uh, I, I guess another I guess example of sort of like a character having a secret identity but like not having it anymore in the MCU was Thor. Because mm-hmm. if I recall correctly in the comics, Thor actually like yeah, Donald Blake. Yeah, Donald Blake. Like that was his like. You know, he just found Thor's hammer and then became Thor, it's, right? It, it, um, it's that, uh, or well, because recently they changed it up in the comics. There's a whole storyline with Donny Cates writing Thor. Uh, mm-hmm. They did something really interesting with with Donald Blake in that in in the books recently, and I think you'll like the the way it ends. It's it's very um, uh, Norse mythology, mm-hmm. but um, it's um, in some cases it's that. In other cases, when Odin sent Thor to the world to learn humility he gave him an alternate persona which was Donald Blake mm, Donald okay. Blake was his human half right and whenever he needed to you know become Thor he had a cane which was actually you know the Mjolnir Mjolnir you know the, and like in Thor Ragnarok where he like slams it on the ground he turns into Thor right so that's kind of the thing but uh yeah no it for and like at, at some point in the comics they kind of stop using it because they're like why would he need a secret identity he's he's fucking thor yeah yeah i know yeah i think that definitely makes sense in that in, in, mm-hmm. in both in just eventually in the comics just like hey, no he's just thor or whatever uh and in the movies as well i think especially because it's like why would uh he just be running around as a secret identity he's just thor right yeah he could, you could just take the power away yeah so I don't know. I get yeah. It's it's kind of interesting when that happens in movies. I guess because mm-hmm. you, you, you like because I feel like in those examples, it's either like the secret identity thing isn't as big of a deal as it is for some characters. Like obviously, mm-hmm. like Batman, Superman, mm-hmm. Spider Man. Like the whole secret identity thing is legit part of their character, mm-hmm. right? Like they have their like explicit reasons why it has they have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you can have other characters where, like, no, they don't really have a secret identity, right? Yeah. And one thing that I really uh, do think that made sense is that it kind of says this world to be not 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 similar to the comics. It's it's gonna be its own thing, guys. Like looking back at it now, was what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think that makes just a lot of sense. Yeah, and uh, to continue on with Tony Stark. Um, his relationships are a little different. Uh huh. Um, obviously, he's not married to Pepper Potts in the comics. I think Pepper is married to Happy Hogan. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You're like, really? Yeah. You can't. You can't picture Gwyneth Paltrow married to. Uh, I was about to call him John Travolta. It's not John Travolta. It's John Favreau. John Favreau. It's like that's weird. Uh, I'm more. Uh, I'm more. Um, if anything, I'm more surprised that Happy Hogan is actually an uh, actual comic character, not just a character that John Favreau made. To just, oh no, like, he's he's an actual character. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, he, he he like in the comics, he is a very good, good close friend of uh, Iron Man. Now, um, obviously, he doesn't have a daughter, but it's it's. I think the reason um, they they let him be in a relationship because it just kind of humanize him more instead of being like you know the usual playboy you know always getting with different girls or whatever i mean it's i think that sort of is just all in for just character development like mm. over time like tony it's just an evolution of his character arc throughout mm. the, all the movies right he goes from like a very uh crazy playboy to being like no i like pepper and i want I mean, you know and he just settles down with her and stuff mm-hmm. right so like it's just a it's just a it's a transfer it's a it's a it's a character art you see throughout mm-hmm. that's that's throughout all the movies mm-hmm. right now I'm not saying they didn't they weren't a thing because I'm pretty sure they were a thing in the comics I mean I mean, yeah okay yeah you know it, it can happen comics are have always been I mean I think you recently dated Wasp that's interesting yeah that's weird <laughs> yeah uh, but you know. Uh, it's just, uh, I think, in, in the terms of the MCU, in, in, I guess, for his relationship, it's very much like, oh, like, we have a finite end to Iron Man's character that we know we have to do. Yeah, we can't keep, we can't just, like, keep it going like we did in the comics. Yeah. Where, like, any writer can come in and change up the, 
the storyline, write their own little ideas for a story, or, you know, change, um, like, core elements of the character. Because, mm-hmm. like, the thing about Iron Man is, like, he, and you, you've, we've heard so many stories about this, about, you know, Kevin Feige's main thing with Iron Man is that he had to prove to people that Iron Man wasn't a robot. Um, the fact that at the time, Iron Man was kind of like a BC list hero. Like, you only would see him on his either his own books or, like, Avenger books. But, like, even then, the Avengers didn't sell much compared to something like the Justice League mm-hmm. or other, like, team books like X-Men. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's... Obviously, like, we needed to change up a lot of stuff with with, uh, with Iron Man. We And it made sense for the comics because, like, you, you, you can go... You can go on and on and on. Different iterations, different people's take. Because, like... So many people have written for Iron Man. It's like you, they all have their own idea of how Iron Man is, and I, I, what I will, and you can kind of see that in the movies because like Iron Man is more of the character of Iron Man is more Robert Downey Jr. than it is Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, you could argue that, uh, especially since you know I think obviously a lot of people, I think. In this sort of generation, we'll just go out and just say, like, you know, they might make maybe future Iron Man movies with, like, you know, they might reboot everything and have, like, a different actor playing Iron Man. But, like, I think for, you know, it was, like, for our generation or whatever, it's like, oh, yeah, no, Ryan Man Jr. will always be Iron Man. Yeah, right? he was the selling guy. He was, like, the most, he was, like, the, the big guy in the whole franchise. And most of it was just, like, him being himself. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, like, Tony Stark isn't very much, isn't, like... Most of the time in the comics, Tony Stark is not like he is in the movies. Is character wise. No- nowadays, they kind of lean more to that to the way he is in the movies because, like, gosh darn, that Robert Downey Jr. is so likable. Yeah, uh, it's kind of funny because you saying that just reminds me of, uh, I guess, the ultimate version of uh, of Nick Fury being yeah. looking like. Uh, Samuel Jackson, and so they just decided, screw it. Why don't we just make Samuel Jackson Nick Fury in the movies? Yeah, yeah. It's like, why not? Yeah, I mean, we already kind of laid the seeds there anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a weird, like circular, like like motion now, where mm-hmm. like the comics obviously like caught like you know the movies draw influence from the comics, and now the comics are essentially taking whatever changes the movies have made that have been received very positively by casual audiences and, like, sort of flowing that into uh, the comics themselves to, like, sort of give a sense of, like, okay, these are similar to the movies in some, in some aspects of, of character, right? And then, you know, it, it probably will continue a cycle of, like, oh, yes, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just, a, I don't know, I guess that might just be slightly intentional to, uh... Mm-hmm. What Marvel wants to do with their brand is essentially like, oh yes, uh, eventually, like you know, you can watch the movie and you can watch the com- you read the comics and they can they obviously will be different, but you still have you can easily tell that these are characters, right? Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think about and I think the reason um, no, I don't think it really works with it when they do the changes in the comics because like it's it's too much changes, you know. Mm. But sometimes some of the changes are are fine. Like, I'll, like if you read a Guardians of the Galaxy book in the last, like, 10, 20 years, they're nothing like they are in the movies. Until, like, the movie hit, they're like, okay, this is a, this is the new Star-Lord, you know? This is how he is now, because of the, the cool, you know, 80s music-loving kind of guy. But back then, in the comics, he was, like, a very serious dude. Yeah. Like, go watch Earth's Mightiest Hero, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Like, it's on Disney+. Plus, and... They have an episode with the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's how I remember Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think that was my. Uh, yeah, I think that was like a lot of people's first exposure to them. And yeah, you have the talking tree. Uh, you have Rocket Raccoon who who has like a, an Australian accent, if I mm-hmm. recall. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, Star Lord is definitely like you know super like very much like no we ain't here to play games. All right, we should. I don't know. It's that's that's uh. Yeah, I will admit that's always been like one of the more uh, interesting mm-hmm. like changes they they've done for the MCU. Yeah, now granted, I think most of those are from uh, 
what's his name, the director, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting James Gunn, James Gunn, uh, his take on them, making them more interesting, um, but some of us like the old one, but you know, uh, I think it was one of the more interesting changes that they're doing that makes sense for the movies. Yeah, I think it's, it's more sort of, uh, like, I think a lot of it does have to do with, like, okay, these are characters that only hardcore comics fans will even recognize. Mm -hmm. I think we're allowed to go a little crazy with them, because obviously... They were the bottom, uh, they were one of the bottom tier ones. Yeah, like, uh, you know, obviously it's like... Okay, how are we going to sell a talking tree and a talking raccoon to a casual audience? Let's just go a little out there mm-hmm. with these characters and stuff, right? And, you know, it definitely worked. You mm-hmm. know, like, obviously, you know, we got, you know, we see them in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. We see, you know, obviously they cross over in the Avengers movies. And we, will, we are going to get a third one. So, obviously, that sort and of... And then Christmas special. Yeah, I forgot about that on Disney Plus mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's very much like, yeah, that sort of change really hit a chord in terms of like these are just mm-hmm. crazy, like wacky characters that, you know, we just gotta like, you just gotta like, I don't know, it's just like, I think I remember when Guardians of the Galaxy came out mm-hmm. and I was just a little like, I can't believe they made a movie with a talking tree and a talking raccoon. And make it good before DC ever thought about making a freaking Wonder Woman movie. It's like, how did that happen? Yeah, it's like, what what are the events that 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 made DC so slow on the uptick of like, you know what would really sell a female superhero? Nah, we just gotta keep selling Batman. That's what makes us money. Because Batman makes money. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he, he does, he does, he does. Yeah, it's not wrong, but just uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's super interesting just seeing that whole change. Mm. Right? I mean, to move, to move on to... Before we move on to that, I think the, the, the one thing about, you know... Guardi- the fact that we were able to accept a talking tree in a, in a raccoon... And yeah, people, we know. It's been talked to death. You know, they made us care about these two random things. That's because, like, in a comic book, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, like, I think when you, when you, uh, I guess in, in, in the, in the world of comics, anything is possible. So you're just kind of like, you, mm-hmm. you're, you're, well, not expectations, but your suspension of disbelief is already like, yeah, like up there. I mean, if you can like read a comic about a man who can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes, like, uh, seeing an interdimensional weirdo wacko who's obsessed with him. And asking him trick questions is not mixed spittlelick. Yeah, like that's not like the craziest. Now that, now that, I would love to see that in the movie. It'll never happen. Just have like a little animated, big-headed dude voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. I mean, you know, maybe, but definitely not with the the way DC does movies. Yeah. And okay, back on to like the the real things we talked about. Um, obviously we're going to talk about, like, the next two are basically just full-on movies. Um, do you want to start with Infinity Wars differences or Civil Wars differences? Uh, I say we go with Civil War. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I think it's more fun to do chronological, but, you know. Yeah. So Civil War is, um, not like it is in the comics. In the comics, you have a different kind of registration that going, um... It's a superhuman registration act, so like basically every superhuman uh, has to register under Shield. You know they get all these stuff, but it's not a secure plan from the perspective of Captain America. Iron Man is at the forefront of the superhuman registration act because um, I don't remember why. Because it's been a while since I read the book. Some like random lady blames him for the death of her son because. The inciting incident in the movie is uh, Scarlet Witch, you know, accidentally blowing up and killing, you know, some Wakanda and Senators. In the comic, it was these um, these teenage superheroes called the New Warriors, and they were having they were they were kind of commentary on like what kids were into nowadays because they were like TV reality stars. Mm-hmm. Well, not TV reality stars; they're like. They're making a reality TV show, right? Yeah, they were. They're like it's like the real world or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, can, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians kind of show. 
been with superhero teens, and they were fighting this dude who was like way out of their league. Uh, he was a mutant called Nitro, and he blew himself up. By the way, this is all caught on camera, and they all just saw like a, you know, a, 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 a you know, a preschool that was that was at least a block or two away get blown the fuck up. Yeah, it, it, essentially they they mm-hmm. goofed up on live TV. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, how do you let these kids go run amok? It, yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, and the, the government's pretty much just like, all right, you superheroes have been causing way too much trouble now. We gotta too we much gotta, collateral damage. Yeah, we gotta you gotta rein it in, and you know that's very much similar to what happens in the movie, obviously, because it's not as like want like the whole thing mm. with Wanda and the Wakandans is sort of like the 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 glass slipper finally falling off, where mm-hmm. like. You know, you had the scene in Civil War, the movie, where, like, uh, General Ross just sort of just shows a sort of a slideshow of, like, look at all of the shit you guys have fucking... New York, Sokovia, you guys let a fucking, like, was it a country, fall, try, almost fall to the earth. Yeah, like, you know, a whole country's just gone now, yeah. right? So, you know, obviously both, both the, the movie and the comics just sort of... Of like go on this whole thing of like we need to you know keep you superheroes in line essentially. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people feel a little upset that it wasn't as big as scope or did the accords make any sense towards you know the the ladder of uh, the story. But I disagree. I think the story did a lot better than the comic. A lot of people feel that way too. Uh yeah, I think. I think from from some people like I think yeah I think what you said about like some people being like it's not as big as the comics because I mean yeah the Civil War comics were essentially just this one big huge mm-hmm. crossover event where just like obviously it was like a very much like a pick aside and mm-hmm. like you would just see like comic pages of like just all these heroes on one side all these heroes on the other side and like a whole sort of actual like basic mm-hmm. Civil War. Uh, and like I, I guess like the common joke that people make about the Civil War movie is like, it, I, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a civil war, more like it's just a, a very a civil conflict, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, like one, like you kind of understand, like within, like in retrospect, like yes, it it, it makes sense that like the, the in order to help set up for Infinity War. Like, to have essentially something that, like, breaks up the Avengers in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously, uh, I mean, uh, Age of Ultron also just hints at, like, okay, there's very clear divisions within the Avengers that, like, you know, not not everything's all right with the group, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it, it does make at least some sense as to why they were just like, okay, let's just try to adapt mm-hmm. the Civil War storyline to, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and for a lot of people, feel they feel that that's kind of a waste. I disagree, most because I've read the Civil War comic. It is not that great. Okay. It's you know how everyone's like, oh, Cap's in the right, and all that stuff. And but throughout the book, you kind of feel like you know Iron Man's in the right, but mostly because they make Captain America look kind of like an asshole. <laughs> like he. <laughs> Like he is straight up being a bully to people. Like there, there are moments where like the young Avengers, Cassie, you know, Ant Man's daughter, the second Ant Man, Scott Lang, she's like, Cap, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And he's like, You're a traitor! You're a traitor to the cause! Get out of here! And I'm just like, Whoa! <laughs> Hold up now. Cap wouldn't say that. Cap wouldn't do that. He would be understanding. Yeah, I think that's uh. Because I think the idea mm. of Civil War is super cool, but I'm guessing in the comics it just, it it it, it runs the ground kind of fast. Yeah. Like, you have to, because essentially, it seems, like, essentially you have to, like, make certain characters be out of character in order for the Civil War conflict to make sense. Yeah, and it's, and that is very indicative of both in the comics. Uh, but I mean, but both. I mean, like both. You know, Civil War One and Civil War Two. Right. Because like, I think around the same time they were making Civil War the movie, they decided to make another Civil War 
the but, comics. Yeah, right? and that one made no goddamn sense. And it was just basically character assassination on Carol Danvers' part. Oof. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, in the in Civil War II, here's a inhuman who can... Who's basically the plot of Minority Report. Right. Let's build a... Let's, let's, let's have him decide on whether or not we should arrest this person who may or may not be part of Hydra. Okay. And because of an exciting incident that involved Captain Marvel and some of her team fighting Thanos, leading to the death of Rhodey, who was her boyfriend at the time, I think it still is, she's like, oh, no, I'm more for this now. Like, I can never let that happen again, and I, I guess she said it goes a little too crazy with power. Yeah. No, and also, it's it's also one of those things where, like, yeah, but Carol, Rhodey died because you followed this, this guy. He's told you Thanos is going to come and, like, beat the shit out of you guys. So you're like, no, we'll prevent it. We'll, we'll strike first. And I'm like, Carol, no. Did you learn nothing? Yeah. That seems kind of bad. Yeah. And it's also like, like, re- like really, they just, like, we're fighting over a guy who can, like, predict the future, but, like, even he's not sure of it. Because I'm imagining, like, I don't know, usually a lot of the, the, the plot lines involving characters seeing the future, sometimes their future powers just don't work. <laughs> or just they perceive it the wrong way. Yeah, where it's like, oh, that's what was, oh, that's what that meant. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's the chance of probability, so, you know, it's it's a very skewed probability. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and like, can't wait for the MCU version of that. Oh, God, no, please don't. That that should never be touched. But not but like in, in in the movies, they made it sense. Like, listen, the government wants us to follow their orders. You know, but we but if there's a place, say, in like Europe that needs us, Europe, at, and we can't go, then how you know how can we help? We we can't be tied down by the government. We're we're not members of the U.S. government. You know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All the stuff that Steve is saying that makes sense. Yeah, in Civil War, they definitely build it off of it's an ideological mm-hmm. conflict, essentially. Of like, because cause Iron Man and Cap both have, you know, very convincing arguments, right? Mm-hmm. Iron Man is just like, listen, we need to be more responsible. And especially because Iron Man is also feels. Because they even, like, the whole scene from the comics where, like, yeah. the one lady telling them, like, you're responsible for my son's death, like, it makes more sense in this version mm-hmm. because it's a woman talking about how her son was in Sokovia and he basically, you know, died there. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, and from there, Iron Man sort of has this sort of like, okay, that's because to be fair, they've also, I think before they've been building Iron Man as sort of like wanting to find some way to protect the world in some capacity. Mm. Put an armor around the world. Yeah, like, even if it, like, and for him, it's like, if it means having to sign these accords, then I'm all for it. Yeah. Like, we gotta rein ourselves in. And Cap is very much like, there are times where we have to essentially go to a place because it's the right thing to do, not because someone told us to go there. Yeah. Because, and it may, and like, both arguments make sense. Their execution makes sense. Like, a lot of people are like, but then why is Bucky involved? Because Bucky, you know, he didn't do what he wanted to do. You know, that was against his will. You know, they would tell you, just hunt him down, bring him down. Be like, And Cap would be like, no, we need to discuss what happened. No, he's my friend. I yeah. got like he's been, He was definitely brainwashed throughout all those times. I got to figure out, you know. Yeah, we got to help him. Yeah. No, Steve, we can't let you. Because we because you have to sign the accords and that kind of stuff and yeah i guess you can say that you know the accords are meaningless because even like iron man breaks it because he goes to find uh you know captain bucky up in what was it russia I Russia, think. yeah so was, you know, yeah so that's because so that's because he's like okay cap you might be on the right i'll, I'll follow you this time yeah, yeah i mean you know like in context it makes much more sense i think what people wanted was in the exact, you know, reasons and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, and so I guess this time uh, we'll move on to Infinity War. Which Joey, so you read, so it's it's funny because it's called Infinity War, but it's not really Infinity War. Yeah, because it's, I think we might have mentioned this once before on yeah. the podcast, but 
the Infinity War storyline that happens in uh, the movie is more reminiscent of Thanos Quest and the Infinity Gauntlet comics rather than the... Because there is an Infinity War comic, but it's not at all related to the movie. No, it's Adam Warlock fighting the Magus, who is his evil future self. It's very bizarre, that one. They just... They much they did this, the thing that happened with Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. where they just took a title from the comics that sounds really cool for the movies, yeah. but not do much with it because obviously Age of Ultron is its own story, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, with time travel and Wolverine involved. Yeah, you know that's that's the whole thing. Well, Age of Ultron the movie is just not that at all. It's just something completely different. Mm-hmm. Which I mean is why we aren't gonna talk about it. We might talk about Ultron himself, but you know that that's like a five minute thing. Yeah, but. You know, uh, like I said, it's a very Infinity War is more sort of Thanos Quest slash Infinity Gauntlet because mm-hmm. Thanos Quest is basically just, you know, he's sort of in the comics like wanting to uh, prove his love for Lady Death is uh, mm-hmm. decides that you know screw it, I'm gonna go find all the Infinity Stones, and you know it's basically just him doing all that stuff, and the in, in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, obviously he creates the Infinity Gauntlet, he does. He snaps half of the, half of all life. Well, in the at the universe. beginning of the thing, Gauntlet, he already has all the stones. Well, yeah. Which is like throughout the movie, it's him getting the stones because I think. Yeah, that's why I mean when it's like Thanos' quest. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that's the portion, and by the end, you get like essentially the beginning of Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's funny because I've talked about this before with some with uh, in a previous episode, is that um, the snap is more. Um, effective in the movie than it is in the books yeah because in if you were to just read the infinity gauntlet comic just as is there's not a whole lot like time spent on all these people are missing it's more sort of like okay we gotta stop thanos like right now right Mm -hmm. adam warlock has the plan we got a plan to follow and we're gonna follow the plan yeah, very much. It, it, it's sort of set up like that. Meanwhile, obviously, Infinity War definitely sort of like sort of ho- hones in on like, oh yeah, no, this would be really like tragic and shit to see this happen, mm-hmm. right? So, which like, is probably the smartest take to to have with with that storyline. Yeah, the like the the full like the like just like focus in on like the the weight and the gravity of half of the universe just you know turning to dust right yeah because like in the comic um they don't even stop the snap because they don't even know what's happening yeah because like every like all every all earth's heroes everybody like just minding their own business just mind like and then it's just people just start disappearing it's like and they don't even dust they're just like yeah they just sort of pop out which i guess i'm assuming just just for time's sake like, yeah you know, like, not to, to draw every single person just slowly turning to dust. Right. It's just easier in the co- in a comic sense to just, like, have them disappear for a panel. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, this mother, the mother I saw carrying her child disappeared along with the child. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, because, like, it's, it's more, it, in, in the comic, the, the snap is more indicative of the power that the Infinite Gauntlet has. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh it's just used as a plot device, or uh, was is the word plot device or just you know? It's more of the inciting incident in the comics. Yeah, it's the inciting incident. It's the reason why they're all getting together. Yes, we already know that. Same thing like in the movie, but it's not as amplified it is is in the movies because like when the snap happens, we're all like, oh my god, you know, we're seeing all our favorite characters turn to dust. And we're, we're we're really taking in the gravity. That's because we already just because we already know what can happen. They talked about it so many times. In in the comic, it's like there, they're gone. That's it. We don't have the time to sit and take it in because it was just made to, like I said earlier, show you the power of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Um. Also, there's some characters that aren't show up. Mephisto's not in there, shockingly. I mean, yeah. Uh, and I mean, the whole, like, storyline within Infinity Gauntlet, of course, is not just the Avengers show up to try to stop Thanos, and they sort of aren't able to. 
uh, like pretty much a ton of cosmic beings around the the, the, the oh, universe. I would say I almost asked you to go get the book to to, to name them all out, but we're not going to do that. No, nah, I mean off the top of my head, like the living concept of eternity uh, and like fucking Galactus show up. Infinity, uh, yeah. The I think it's the the Lord of Chaos and Lord of Order. Yeah, just like, like that. All these cosmic beings, the, the Lord, uh, the Goddess of Love, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. All these cosmic beings just sort of like show up on Thanos's doorstep, and it's like, all right, listen, we can't let you use the stones. We can't let you be using all these. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, gems. Oh yeah, that's also the thing. Which I mean, I think that's more from a the whole like I guess the Infinity Gems becoming Infinity Stones is more sort of a. I think I guess because stones sound cooler than gems. Mm-hmm. From a marketing standpoint, I don't know. I'm assuming that was... Kind like, of rolls better, too. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that was just, like, a marketing department thing. Like, mm-hmm. n- nothing too, too deep to look into. But, yeah, like, you, we can't let you use the Infinity Gems. We gotta stop you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is honestly, like, probably the coolest part of the comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, they couldn't really do that here because then we would have to be fucking explaining, like, who the fuck Galactus is. What the hell is the... Like, you know, all these living embodiments of all these base concepts doing here. What's all this madness about? No, it's even funny because in the comic, um, Walter the Watcher shows up and he's like, I'm explaining to you the events that are happening with Thanos fighting these celestial beings and, you know, omnipotent beings and stuff because we, I can't, the human mind cannot, you know, comprehend what is going on. I'm just like. Yeah, they couldn't do that in the movies. No, it'd be... Yeah, it'd just be yeah. a, a flow of colors. It'd be very much like... It'd be too much to explain. Which I guess... In Endgame, obviously... Like, the movie's like three hours long. But I yeah. even then, like... I, they obviously knew what they wanted to do with Endgame. So. Mm-hmm. Well, even in the description of the, the... The the stones... Or gems or stone, however you want to call them. It's, still, it's different because in, in the movies, they're like... They're remnants of the Big Bang or something like that, right? Yeah, I believe they kind of go off of like when the universe was created. The you know the six stones were essentially birthed mm-hmm. from the Big Bang. Yeah, because like in in the comics, uh, I think it's either the Infinity Well where they're found or or they were created, or it was either the this celestial uh, creature who was omnipotent and all couldn't like handle being alone, so he killed himself and like his body became the the, the gems mm-hmm. each aspect of it so that's why he kind of that's why it's all like that and even the gauntlet itself was part was an ancient it was an ancient thing like we show we see how it's made but it was, it was always like it was as old as the 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 gems uh, the gauntlet itself yeah yeah you remember that part don't you yeah yeah, yeah i do also um death isn't involved uh, and yeah, which is like honestly, that's sort of the biggest change of like Thanos' motivations mm-hmm. in the MCU compared to the comics. Which uh, I mean, it's I guess it's interesting because mm-hmm. um, in the comics, I like I said before, Thanos is really infatuated with the living embodiment of Death, mm-hmm. who's a woman, uh, and he wants to essentially impress her, right? And she's very much like, I don't really care. <laughs> She's like, please date me, ma'am. Up, I'm not gonna. No, I'm gonna make a lot of inappropriate jokes. I'm not gonna go there. Yeah, uh, but it's it's very much like he's just he's just really trying hard to like impress death, and it's like, you know, like I don't know, maybe try to like, you know, wipe out half the life on the universe because there's just too much life these days, mm-hmm. and it's like, she's death. Of course she'll love it. Yeah, it's like, she loves death. Yeah. And even with like, uh, I'm talking about <laughs> she loves herself. I mean, yeah. Uh, even with the snap and like wiping out half the universe, she's very much like I'm not impressed. <laughs> yeah, like it's even funny because in the in the book is she's like, look, I, I, I mean, you're not a bad looking guy. It's that you're just clingy. <laughs> yeah, I just like because just... like even she's because she because <clears throat> like she's like I would have gone out with you if you weren't too clingy. Yeah, you're just really obsessed with me. It's really weird. Yeah, but let all... that be a lesson to you guys. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but obviously in the movies it's more sort of like it's a bit of a mm-hmm. of a population control thing for him. Like mm-hmm. he like his planet was essentially destroyed by overpopulation, and he feels this sort of 
intense like need to uh and balance the universe and right? it's funny because when that was brought in um i heard like a lot of different uh, opinions on on that on you know his reasoning um some people were like that's cool that makes sense as a, as a change some people were like no but i like the idea that he was like just this dude who's trying to get this girl you know it's kind of sort of an incel um others were like why didn't he just do like the one shot i remember this one guy telling me what is he why doesn't he do the one child policy and it didn't take me like I'm, I'm so upset that it took me a really long time to really you know thought process a way for it to like like <laughs> to basically explain why that wouldn't work one because in his, in the plan in his home world titan right yeah. which it's his own planet it's not the moon of titan the, the moon of was it jupiter or saturn uh it's jupiter yeah because like if if they're arguing on how to con- how to maintain you know population control don't you think that would have been already a suggestion <laughs> uh, i mean yeah like obviously that that probably and i mean to be fair right like china still has like a billion people in its country and that was and you know that was during their whole one child policy thing mm-hmm. and you know sometimes that leads to very negative effects as well in the real world and mm-hmm. i imagine that probably was something they discussed uh, that mm-hmm. they potentially discussed. In well, because like the idea is that he's the Maya Titan, that he, you know, he wants to kill half the universe. Yeah, very. I mean, obviously, I, I, if, I, if, if 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 he didn't already think about the one child policy, you do you really think he would have just done that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's just something sometimes people kind of forget. Yeah. Uh, one, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. All right, like they're just gonna do things that you you would, that's that you in your brain would be like, well, why don't you just do this? Like it's a movie, all right. Yeah. There's Se- a second, l- second, yeah. suspension of disbelief. Yeah, and obviously, second of all, in universe, Thanos is referenced multiple times as the Mad Titan, so clearly he's very much like, like he might have his reasons, but clearly his 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 yeah. his reasons are if- crazy as hell. Because, like, if they're talking about, comp, uh, you know, population control, I'm pretty sure they at least had that conversation once. And he was like, no, we got we to gotta wipe out half. Uh, no, we can't do that, Thanos. No, we got to wipe out half. What if we do the one-child policy, Thanos? No, one half. Now, it's not going to be enough because eventually that one, like, it's going to add up, all right? The one-child thing's going to keep adding up, all right? Yeah. And a lot of people's like, I would have loved to see that kind of discussion. He's going to be too gun-ho. <laughs> nah, yeah. He's not going to budge. <laughs> Nah, it, he is already committed. <laughs> yeah, essentially, once he's sort of real, like once he's come to his conclusion, he's very much like no. Yeah, that's what makes him the Mad Titan. Yeah, you can't uh, reason with a Mad Titan. Like in the comics, it's like, oh no, he's just crazy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously. Yeah, but uh, um, so the death, death not being in it, how do you feel about that uh, as a change? I mean, it's it works within the MCU, but at the same time, it would have been kind of interesting. Yeah. Because, to be fair, they could have, like, set it up. Mm-hmm. Right? They, 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 they definitely had, like, chances to set up that whole plot point motivation. But I think it's... It might have been just, like, two reasons, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That why they just went with that change. One reason being they kind of wanted a more... Not to say complex. Because mm-hmm. I guess maybe slightly interesting. I don't know. Because I think... Uh, one of the things about uh, <clears throat> the MCU that a lot of people sort of criticize about it is sort of like a lack of uh, like m- memorable villains. Mm-hmm. So I think for uh, for the MCU, they really wanted to like push Thanos as like a very interesting character, mm-hmm. right? With like these motivations and like like hypothetically, you can kind of understand where he's coming from, but obviously his methods are very much mm-hmm. like no. Right. Yeah. So, which I think, uh, you know, uh, is I guess for some like, you know, probably wouldn't be as interesting as like, oh, he's just a crazy man who wants to appeal, appease uh, the living embodiment of death. But at the same time, like you can make that version of Thanos work and make him interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. See, I feel like at the time it would have worked. But nowadays, specifically, you know, now, because we, we make fun of the word simp. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess. 
you know, I mean, you know, I guess that makes sense. You see where I'm going with, right? Yeah, I guess, you know, people would just kind of make fun of him for just being uh, really into it. Yeah, like, like you can, he could be a compelling villain, but then at some point you're like, yeah, he can't get a girl. He's all doing, he like, like he's, like he's like, he's just, you know, sipping for this girl. It's the only reason he did it. Yeah. Like there, there's an aspect of it where you, where it's one, it's a very compelling, you know, reason, but also it's one of those like it's just kind of funny. I mean, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I guess you could just be like more sort of like Jesus Christ. He, he like literally wiped out half the universe just to get just to get laid. That's just like really fucked. True, know. true, true. Uh, but yeah. but it's also it's kind of funny. You would make fun of him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that would make him any less of a compelling villain. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just I think the other reasoning is just maybe that that yeah like just like they don't mm-hmm. like like there might be just some people that just like wouldn't take him as seriously with a motivation like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's uh, I'm I'm fine either way. No, I mean the reason I say this because I had a conversation with a friend. It was like because like. They were saying, like, it's kind of, because she was saying it was kind of funny for her to, to see, like, a guy, you know, basically being a simp towards uh, the living and the bottom of death. So, that's why I brought that up. Okay. So, yeah. Um, also, I, 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 to add on, I think it's just that, explain, like you said earlier, explaining the living embodiment of eternity is is a concept that's like, what? All right. So like it's explaining the 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 living embodiment of of death is also like a what? <laughs> I mean, kind of, but like I feel like in pop culture, yeah, like it's 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 a bit more easier to do, yeah, like for a casual audience because we've had examples of like a living embodiment of death in pop culture. Like obviously, the Grim Reaper is like a big mm-hmm. thing about that, right? So I think death. The character in Marvel Comics, I think, is a lot easier to explain to a to a casual audience than you know the living embodiment of eternity, mm-hmm. right? No, no, no. You, uh, you make you make a fair point. Yeah, you make a fair point. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Do you, now I have three more, and we can just like really like bro, bro, you know, just go through these real quick. Um, one is Spider Man, and I think the one I mostly want to talk about is his relationship with. Uh, Tony Stark. Yeah, it's certainly interesting. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh man, Tony, Tony, and you know, Sp- Peter, they're like Batman and Robin." But, I, but if you ever read a comic, uh, that's not the case. They they were never like a Batman and Robin kind of. Well, thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, even like I think this is definitely more of like a change that I think a lot of people can notice very well, especially uh, from the last two Spider Man series. Is that, like, granted, obviously those those series don't have Iron Man in it, but like, you can, you get the gist of Peter just being like just a regular, you know, mm-hmm. uh, high schooler who's smart and is able to you know you know be Spider Man, and they do sort of focus on him building his own gadgets and stuff mm-hmm. for it. But yeah, it's I think for there there are some people that are just very much like this is just kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't I didn't expect. Them to go down this route of like Spider Man just really being uh like sort of like I guess Iron Man's mentor like mentoree if you will yeah right and like I I don't hate that there but like uh some people need to know that they kind of don't it's not that they don't like each other I think they have like a they have a, at least a slight respect for each other but uh, they did have a bit of a rivalry because at the time at one point in time. Peter Parker did have Parker's Industries, and it was some competitive. It was like competition with Stark Industries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I vaguely remember mm-hmm. him making his own like uh, company at mm-hmm. one point. In also, like in in the in the movies, you know, there's a clear age gap. You know, Tony is is older. Peter's a teenager. In the in the comics, it's more like he's at least ten years older than than, than Peter. Yeah, like the age gap is not that far off. Yeah, it's like it's there's there, it's more like it's a, like I said, it's a understanding, and I mean I don't mind that in in the movie sense because like in it, it makes sense because like 
they're making Peter to be a young teenager in high school who, you know, is learning about his powers. Why wouldn't he look up to an already established, you know, superhero like Tony Stark? Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure in the comics it was more of uh, Mr. Fantastic because he's like the smartest man in the world. Yeah. And so, yeah, just change it out for Iron Man and there you go. Yeah, I think uh, it, it it definitely works in, in, in I think, mm-hmm. in the MCU. But uh, at the same time, I think there are some people that are just like, man, I feel like they're just trying to, he's like a mini Stark, essentially. Right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, some people kind of don't like. I don't like that either. Yeah, it's a, it's a little it's a little odd. Right? Yeah, well, I think it's because like they show they they ha- they clearly do like a lot of stuff to make you think that. Because mm-hmm. like remember in Spider Man Two, uh, you know, uh, Far From Home, where he does the build his own suit with like ACDC playing on the background. Yeah, and it's and, like and Happy Hogan has like the look, like whereas like he just goes what? It's like nothing, man. <laughs> just remind me of Tony. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and it's like I mean, first of all, great scene though. Yeah, it it's a is, good scene. It's a good scene, it, it, but it is just kind of like a little weird. Yeah, because right? like one, they never have that kind of relationship in the comics. Two, it's like they really don't. It doesn't really. You're like you said. You're making a Tony Stark Junior. There, it's because like yeah, Tony Stark Junior. I don't. I don't like it when people say that because like. It, it it takes away from, like, what Peter is. Yeah. Who's, like, he's supposed to be the everyman. Like, that's the whole idea of Peter Parker. He's the everyman. He's got, he's got issues with school. He's got issues with, with his job. He's got issues with his friends, love relationships, all that kind of stuff. That's that's all of that there. Yeah. So, I really, you know, I don't like that comparison. But I get why they did it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's people taking it to the to the extreme, you know. Like, oh, I love Peter and, you know, Tony's relationship. Yeah, I like it, too. Uh, don't like it when they they clearly try to make him, like, a Tony Stark Jr. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. What do you think of that? No, no, no I definitely uh, understand that sentiment. Uh, and I think, I, I don't know. I guess I can, I can I, I feel like half of the reason why they do it is always because, of, you know, they really want to push Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, essentially, like, in, like, in a future-proof sense, like, like not necessarily that Spider-Man will become like a next Tony Stark thing, but more sort of like they want, you know, Spider-Man to be sort of like the face of the MCU mm-hmm. going forward. Obviously, you know, that's like that's obviously always going to be in limbo for a certain degree because of you know Sony still having the movie rights and it's a whole agreement thing that they have to keep on having to work out and stuff. But yeah, uh, I definitely do think that I think like. Sometimes I feel like like they do things that just push it just a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because, I mean, like, it's not, I don't have a problem with him looking up to Tony Stark and wanting to be like Tony Stark. It's just like, when he's being a little too much like Tony, it's like, uh, I'm, I'm not down for this. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. And a lot of people will tend to hate that Tony's involved, but I'm like, no, but that's one of the things I like about Spider-Man. He's the everyman. You can see him doing stuff. Street level wise and big level wise. Yeah. He would talk to someone like Tony. He would talk to someone like Daredevil if they get him. He would be able to talk to. Now, I don't know about the cosmic wise, but you know, he would be able to talk to them. You know, he's, he's the in between guy. Right. And it makes sense. Now, I'm totally down for whatever they're going to do. I mean, most of I mean, most of the stories that involve Peter aren't really his high school years, are actually more of his college years. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's in high school for a little while, and now he goes straight to college. And all that other stuff. Alright, uh, quick one on Ultron and Avengers. Which, I mean, Avengers, it's always a rotating roster. No one's really, no one's really like, a definitive, always in member. Except for maybe Thor, Iron Man, and Cap. That's because, like, they're kind of the faces of it. But, you know... They're not, they're not, like, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Yeah, no, like, the Avengers has always been, like, rotating roster. I mean, heck, the, the first issue of the Avengers had Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man, and Wasp. And Thor, and I was say Thor, and Hulk left, like, was only in for, like, a couple issues, then he left and then brought in Captain America. Yeah, like, 
which was his big return to the comics. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a obvious, like, they've, like, the Avengers is always just set up, like, this whole cast of rotating uh, mm-hmm. members, essentially. So, like, I, I don't see that, I don't, I, so, you know, obviously picking who becomes an Avenger in the movies is obviously just sort of, like, very much, like, it's not that big of a deal, right? Because mm-hmm. essentially, realistically, anyone can become an Avenger. But not everyone's an Avenger. Yeah, but not everyone's an Avenger, yeah. Spider-Man tried so many times to be an Avenger, it took him to, like, 2000 to get it, finally get in. Mm-hmm. And then they made Lo- uh, Wolverine an Avenger at one point, just because they could. Beast was an Avenger. Yeah, so, like, you know. Anyone can be an Avenger, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, in the grand scheme of things, right? Like, I think there was at least two Ghost Riders. I think it was, I don't know if it was Danny Ketch or uh, Johnny Blaze. They were, they were an Avenger, and, like, currently now Robbie Reyes is an Avenger and I'm like okay Blade's been an Avenger yeah which is weird yeah that's kind of whack not whack as in like uh, bad but as in like it's pretty cool yeah freaking weird yeah but I mean like so like it's it's never it's like that's what I'm saying like no one not all the heroes are Avengers because Luke Cage and Iron Fist didn't become Avengers until like again in the 2000s, like, after Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There's even some characters here, like, who? Like, Swordsman. Yeah, no, that's definitely a who. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that is. He is the, he was a former villain, turned good. Uh, he's kind of like Hawkeye, but with swords. Okay. And he was married with, uh, to, what's her name from the Guardians of the Galaxy? The one that can, like... Mantis? Mantis, because she's... I, th- I keep forgetting she's an alien, or she's actually, like, half alien. I think at some point she's actually... She's, like, half alien and ha- half human. Uh, from a uh, Vietnamese human. Uh, Vietnamese person? I'm sorry. Yeah. That sounded weird. I apologize to all the bad Vietnamese uh, fans out there. Because um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure she is. And they have a kid, and some weird shit. Uh, yeah, no... Being an Avenger is, is ten, oftentimes not a big deal, because like anyone can be an Avenger. It's like getting a free coupon, I guess. I mean, I don't know if it's like that not big of a deal, yeah, but I, I mean, clearly it's like any hero can be an Avenger if they want to be an Avenger. If they're allowed to be. Yeah, right. There's not Punisher is not an Avenger. I mean, I don't think he would want to be an Avenger anyway. Right? It would make no sense. Yeah. I mean, Deadpool is because you know, Captain America vouches for him. And last but not least, let's just go with Ultron. Yeah, his origins are... His character and his origins are way different. That's just it. Yeah, like, uh, Ultron in the comics is definitely not the same as Ultron in the movies. Which I think half of the reason why it's even, like, it makes sense is considering just... Because Ultron is made by Hank Pym in the comics, while in, in the movie it's... Uh, 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 Tony and Bruce help yeah. make Ultron, right? Yeah, no, it, it has a lot of characterism from 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 Tony, which is very very you know similar in the comics. Where um, actually, it's a lot worse in the comics because it's it's based on the brainwaves of Hank Pym. It's basically all the all the you know dark messed up stuff that is you know Hank Pym yeah. in the robot body. And yeah, that's that's it. And he just keeps coming back. Yeah, and that's yeah. Which I mean, to be fair, obviously, that's just that's that's a thing for any f- a comic villain. Like they always come back, but especially for Ultron because he is a he is an AI. He is Skynet. Yeah, basically. Which again, if you uh, ever if you saw our WandaVision stuff, I I, 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 do, I do like the idea of just keeping Ultron around in some capacity, mm. just because it just seems kind of cool. Yeah, it would make sense too. Yeah, and he's not. Wisecracking. He's just straight cyborg. I am Ultron. Six. Yeah, he's he's just a straight pure robot, dude. Yeah, he's just like he, my one objective: destroy all humanity. You know, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't make a lot of jokes, but you know that that it yeah. makes it. You know, obviously it makes sense in context because he's a robot. So, which mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of miss. I kind of wish I was around in the movie because, like, like holy shit! Imagine like how because like just hearing a pure evil robotic voice is just terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it it can certainly be terrifying. Yeah, but I can understand why they kind of wanted, I don't know, uh, to have him a bit more comedic. 
like a bit comedic, but more so entertaining as well. Mm. I don't know because he's based off of Tony. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's about it. Um, I think there's more out there, but I'm not. We're, but you know, we just want to do a quick one. I mean, it's like, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, we just. This is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's more out there, but it's like, I we really have to do like a, in-depth talk and research, and through all of it, and I'm I just sometimes and you know I I barely have the energy for it sometimes. Like I guess if you really wanted to like f- like look at all the differences between the MCU and the mm-hmm. comic and Marvel comics, then there's probably a Wikipedia page out there. These were the I think the ones that we always thought were like interesting mm-hmm. or like to to talk about or like more well known i guess mm-hmm. right so if you want to go into like some bizarre like insane details of, of of just like of just like stuff that even we would be like all right is that that big of a deal if it's is it, is it a change all right you most know? times we're like nah yeah so you know yeah, so, I mean, we could probably do this again, but we'll see. I mean, again, it's just, like, it's, it's the, just the amount of research and time that I'm, like, I don't know about the energy for. But we'll see. But anyways, guys, uh, thanks for checking us out. If there's anything that you feel like the comics did, you know, the movies changed from the comics, they felt it was a good idea or a bad idea, just let us know. Um, but you can find us on the social medias through Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Geeks Interiors. We are more active on Instagram. Uh, if you go to Instagram, there's a link tree to all the podcasting sites we are fully accepted in, like po- like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all that good stuff, CastBox. And we also have a link to the YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe to all of our video um, version of the episode with, you know, our faces and stuff like that. I guess that's a, that's a plus, you know, give a face to the voice for all you audio listeners out there. But also, we do have a Patreon where you can support us in any form of way. Uh, while we don't have much in there, but we will try to, you know, allocate by having some stuff to go through. We do want to do some more crazy stuff, but, you know, considering the times and considering the situations, we might not be able to. But with your help, we probably can. And that's about it. Hope you guys have a good one. It's your boy, Eli. It's been me, Joe. And we are the Geeks and Terrans, and hope you guys have a good one. Peace.